Welcome to episode two. Uh, in this episode, we are going to talk about um, we're going to talk about beginning with the end in mind, and so uh, we're going to talk about the manner in which we hold and spend money at the end. But before we get that started, this is Sergio Garcia. Call me Serge or Doctor Serge. I'm trying to come up with my radio persona, and I'm not sure I'm doing a great job of it. But anyway, we'll we'll figure that out. Um, we are Endurance Financial Planning. We are a small independent firm in South Texas, and we are around. Um, you can find us on the internet at endurancefin.com. And um, again, if you have any questions, you can email them to me at sgarcia at endurancefin.com. Maybe one day we'll talk about where the name comes from, but that's not today. Today we're going to talk about how we manage money once we actually get into retirement. And, you know, uh, one of the one of the critical uh, planning processes is to figure out uh, how we're going to handle things at the very end. Begin with the end in mind. Um, this classic management uh, dictum. Uh, and so I want to talk about two of my favorite uh, approaches to managing money at the very end. Traditional classic financial management says, hey, look, you you build aggressively at the beginning and then we slowly shift into you know, a little bit more bonds and cash over time. And by the time you hit 60 or 65, whatever your definition of retirement means in terms of age and years, then uh, by then you need to be in all uh, super conservative investing so that you don't lose the actual amounts. This is the this is the classic approach. This is the robo-investing approach. And, you know, four or five years ago, we all talked about how robo-investing was going to take over the role of the advisor. And we found out uh, very quickly that people aren't interested in doing robo-investing. They're not interested in having a computer telling them what to do. And, frankly, people don't, investors, particularly those who have invested over time, are not, you know, they, they don't want to invest at um super conservatively at the very end. They've seen what cycles of economic uh, uh, gains and losses look like. And, you know, hopefully they have enough money to, to, to get to the end and, and, and we're okay. And so it's super critical to start very specifically with the end in mind. And we're going to pretend here. And, and well, before we do that, um, the reason we do this is because by the time you hit 60 or 70, you should have or you will have amassed some amount of money. Uh, we, we kind of estimate Social Security. We kind of estimate pension if you have one. We kind of estimate all the other stuff to see what your income looks like, yours and your spouse's, and maybe some inheritance. And, 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 and the whole thing's about maintaining income, right? And so you have, you, you have these monthly incomes that are coming in and they're expected, uh, but maybe you want to supplement that with your 401k or your IRA or whatever, and we need to know what that number looks like. Is it $100,000? Is it half a million? Is it a, is it a million? Is it 7 million? I mean, whatever it is that your number looks like. And today we're going to talk very much about the $1 million number because it's just easy to calculate. And so if we are, uh, you know, let's pretend for a second that you're a family of two, the kids are out of the house, you turn 59 and a half. So now you can tap into your money. Say, well, I'll wait till I'm 62. You wait till you're 62. Now you're getting some social security checks on a monthly basis. 
and that's okay. We only really need so much money to live. And from my $1 million investment, I want to pull out a rule of thumb 5%. Um, why 5%? It's a basic rule of thumb. It's something that every advisor just kind of throws out and says, well, the 5%. And we'll talk about why 5% in just a second when we talk about the capital preservation uh, technique. But you're going to hear advisors say 4 or 5% is how much you should be pulling from your money at the very end all the time. I don't disagree with it, but it's important to know the math. And uh, we can, I don't know how much that we can do in a podcast, but we can try. Uh, to that end, so what do we do with the money once it's there? Well, one of the more newer, more popular approaches was pioneered by a uh, financial planning guru named Harold Evensky. And he pioneered this thing called the bucket approach. I, I really like the bucket approach. It's a little less conservative. It's, sorry, it's a little more conservative than, than, um, than I would like, but I like the idea of the bucket approach. And the bucket approach is a three-bucket approach. I don't know why we don't call it the three-bucket approach. The three-bucket approach, that's mine. I'm going to coin that. <laughs> the three-bucket approach basically says that there's three stages in your bucket. So let's say you've got a million dollars and you're sitting on this million. Um, you need 5%, whatever, $50,000 in the first year. That's your first bucket. So on January 1st of 2070, whatever, or 2057 or whatever, you're going to take 5% of your entire cash portfolio or entire investment portfolio, and we're going to turn that into cash. That's $50,000 on the first day, right? So now you've got 50 grand on January, and you start cutting yourself, you know, 50 divided by 12 checks for... What is that? What is 50 divided by 12? $4,000, a little over $4,000 a month. You know that you have 12 months worth of income in cash ready to go. So you can plan out that summer trip to France. You can plan out the graduation gifts. You can plan out paying rent. You can plan out all the things that you need to plan out for that one year period. It's not a problem. All right, that's bucket one. Bucket two, near future income, future short-term future income. So now instead of planning for the one year, we're going to plan for years two to four or years two to five. And in there, we're going to start thinking about how much money I need to get through the next two, three, four years. And in this time period, or the investments that we have to ensure that that time period uh, is taken care of, are usually bond type portfolios or bond type mutual funds or bonds themselves where they're, they're coming, they're turning into cash usually uh, over that two year, three year, four year time period. It basically makes you feel like, hey, look, I've got cash for the first year. I'm good. I have these investments that are going to take care of year two, three, four, two, three, four, five, whatever you want to do. Uh, and I can turn those into cash so that we can get through that one. Not a problem. And so now we're in a five-year, we've taken care of the next five years, right? 63, 64, 65, 66, 67. And the last chunk of it, bucket three, is our growth and equity. Uh, growth and income, growth and equity, our, our growth stuff. At this point, maybe you don't want to do super aggressive tech stocks. Hey, I get that. That's fine. Uh, but... Here's where we do the Dave Ramsey portfolio goes in here or the, um, 
the more aggressive stuff goes in here. And so now from your million dollars, you've got half a million or 600,000 or some, you know, 50%, 60%, 70% of your portfolio still growing and, and, and doing all the things that it should be doing. But you feel comfortable doing that because the first, the, I shouldn't say the first, the next three or four years of your retirement program are taken care of. And so let's say for a second that you get a new advisor, you drop it into a bucket approach, and on that day, the COVID virus comes out and you lose 30% of your equity in a month. Well, bucket number one, I've got cash for the rest of the year, right? So nobody's going to go hungry. I'm going to pay the rent. Nobody's living on the street. We're okay. Year two, three, and four, right? In our case, this is 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, those next three years are also taken care of, right? Bucket two takes, makes sure that we have money for that. And so now we're really talking about 2025. Now you, you come to the office and people say stuff like, but I'm going to lose my money and I'm going to do this and I'm going to get, like, look, I get it. And it's emotional and it hurts. Um, but we have enough money for you to survive for the next four years. And the rest of it is invested in equity type, riskier type of, funds or mutual funds or whatever it is that you want to do so that when this market returns, it continues to grow on an annual average of, you know, whatever your expected value is. And I see how it threw in the expected value. Yeah, these things build on each other. So, you know, that's the bucket approach. It's becoming more and more popular. I really like the idea of it. Um, it is not a traditional Dave Ramsey portfolio where you're super risky the whole time. Uh, and it's also not a classic portfolio where you are slowly converting all your stuff into non-appreciating assets, uh, which I just, I just dislike the traditional financial model. Um, yeah. So I like to, uh, sometimes couple that with what we call the capital preservation approach. The capital preservation approach is relatively simple. The capital preservation approach says, hey, look, I've got a million dollars in the bank and I'm going to invest it such that, you know, I'm going to invest it at a 5% growth rate, which, you know, and obviously the market does what the market does. It goes up, it goes down. Uh, but let's say you're investing it at a 5% growth rate. And so you're making about $50,000 a year on the million dollars. And then you say, I'm going to pull 5% per year. And so you do, you pull the 5% per year, and now you're back to a million dollars. In essence, what we're doing is we are preserving the capital in your investment. I love the capital preservation approach um, because I want to be able to maximize on the interest and growth that my investments are, are, are having or making. But I also want to turn to my kids and be like, hey, here's half a mil for you and here's half a mil for you. G good luck. Don't don't spend it all on. Well, I won't. But don't spend it all on, you know, literally don't spend it all in one place. Uh, I was going to say girls and beer, but that's probably not appropriate. Um, don't spend it all on girls and beer. And so, you know, that's that's the capital preservation approach. And so we need to come up with a portfolio that says, hey, look, I want to withdraw 5%. Okay, great. That means I need a portfolio that says that we're going to grow at 5%. But we have a silent killer. Well, before I talk about the silent killer, um, the 5% portfolio is not difficult to do. 
if we do a little bit of stocks and a little bit of bonds, there are bonds that pay three or 4%. And so it's not difficult to get to a 5% type portfolio. Um, and that is relatively safe, right? There's still some volatility, but you know, it's probably manageable. But we're not talking about as a silent killer. We're not talking about inflation. And so the capital preservation approach uh, might, it's not a 5% for 5% number because of inflation. And so what we really need to do is create an 8% growth portfolio or a portfolio that has an expected return of 8%. Because if you're withdrawing 5% of, the, your, you know, of that growth, we still need 3% more to take care of the fact that milk and eggs are going to cost more next year on average, right? Um, which means you either have to have a riskier portfolio or you need that $1 million to be a bigger number knowing that inflation is going to eat away at it over time. And so I'm a big fan of the capital preservation approach. 8% return is safer than the S&P 500. Uh, but, but, um, but there's no, you know, but those are individual specific and, and they depend on your willingness to take on certain levels of risk. Uh, the best thing you can do is get that number as big as you possibly can, and then you can trade off risk for income down the road. And I think what happens is that we get to a place where you hit 60 and you don't have a million dollars in the bank. You know, you've got a little social security, maybe you have a pension. Won't be the case for a lot of us, right? A lot of us, particularly if you're in your 30s and 40s right now, pensions are really quickly getting phased out. So unless you're a federal government employee, that's some of that stuff's just going to disappear outright. Um, and so it's critically, critically important that you're setting aside money in a 401k or an IRA uh, to ensure that 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 capital preservation is as big as it possibly can be because no one's going to come back later and be like, oh, hey, here's an additional $250,000. Just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, again, why do we talk about spending in retirement at the beginning of our, as one of our first episodes? Well, because we have to begin with the end in mind. We have to go to the very end and say, well, why am I saving? I'm saving so that I have money in retirement. Well, how much money do you need? Well, you know, do I have a mortgage? Do I not have a mortgage? What does my budget look like? How much money do we really need to survive? Take only what you need to survive. Uh, and so how much money do you need to survive? And then how do we hold on to that capital without it going away? The bucket approach, the capital preservation approach, and if you're willing to accept the risk um, at, at that age, 60, 65, then the Dave Ramsey portfolios, they're all, you know, non-traditional ways to uh, make sure that your money is working for you and we haven't turned off the growth port some growth portion of your portfolio when you hit retirement i hope uh, i hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts i'm trying to keep them somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes for now since uh since we're all sequestered at home i'll probably keep doing them but i would love to address the stuff that you want me to address um i did get one question in email today we'll maybe we'll do a whole question segment later in this week and write them down but uh, hit me with your stuff it's s garcia at endurancefin.com and uh, i will see you guys on the next one